0: Spring of Life Fellowship and its pastor, Joaquin G. Molina, invites you to listen to a message of restoration and strengthening for your life. Be a part of the vision, changing the world. Father, we give you thanks for this day you have made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. We will give thanks to God, Most High, in His sanctuary, in the place where His people gather. We will call upon the name of the Lord, and we will see Him. We will see his faithfulness. We will see his glory in our midst, oh God. Bless your word today and make it a good seed planted in good hearts that will give forth a good fruit and a harvest that glorifies you. That the whole world might know that you are so real. You are amazing. You are a a powerful and mighty God who walks and works on behalf of those who have a pure heart before your presence, oh God. We'll give you thanks for Jesus Christ. We celebrate him today. For his power in our midst of salvation, of healing, of deliverance. He stands strong as a king, mighty and strong to deliver his people in time of need and crisis. We pray, Father God, that you open our eyes and let us see your glory. Let us see your word and let us move in the direction of your instruction, O God. Bless your word and that it not return void, but it would be like a lamp unto our feet that would show us how to walk in this world. We give you thanks for our heart. That receives the good seed. We give you thanks that your word is like a double edged sword that operates and divides between the soul and the spirit so we can distinguish these matters and serve you faithfully. Bless your word, anoint it in a powerful way this morning, Father God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Um, There is a lack of clarity in this world, Uh, there's darkness. Uh, If there was not darkness, people could see with clarity. Uh, This week, Israel, Tel Aviv, which is the capital of Israel, has invited Bruce Jenner to come and take place and take part in their gay pride week, making him the queen and saying, since you're doing something so big, we invite you to come and be our uh, token and trophy. And the truth is that America used to export products said made in the USA, and those were the best in the world. And now we're exporting effeminate men. Men that do not have the courage to be husbands and to be fathers. And this man is 65 years old, 67 years old. He even has grandchildren. So his little granddaughters will look up and see granddad looking like a woman. And that is the sign of the times. And it's not an indictment to Bruce Jenner or to Vanity Fair, which will have him on their cover the rest of the month of July. It's an indictment to every man who calls himself a Christian. It's an indictment to those of us that say we're light of the world. It's an indictment to those who have forgotten God. And there is no greater effeminate man than the man that doesn't look like the image and likeness of our God in Jesus Christ. This is what God is doing. So Jesus came to the world and he says that, that he would build the church in Matthew 16, 18. This thing that Jesus is putting together, whenever a man looks out to the world and, and points at something, accuses something, you have to go here to this verse. Where Jesus told Peter, I say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church. I will build my church. I will build my church so that the gates of hell will not prevail. It is the church that overcomes darkness. It is the church that overcomes the demon powers that pervert and destroy man and the institution of marriage and family and church. It's the devil. It's the demons. And so it's necessary that we not only go to church, a lot of people go to church, but there's a big difference between going to church and being the church. When you are the church, you are the body of Christ. What does it mean that you're the body of Christ? Well, Colossians 1.18 says that this church that Jesus will build, he will be the head over that body. Uh, One eighteen, please. It is Jesus Christ that is represented by the church. He is the head of his body, the church. He is the leader of the church. We're here this Sunday morning as the church, but celebrating Jesus Christ, celebrating the Son of God, uh, emphasizing This cross that we have up here is not only decorative. It's there to say there is death upon the cross that overcomes sin and death, demons and hell. And he being the head of the church... The firstborn from the dead, so that in all things he may have the preeminence. So he might be above all things. So when he comes down from heaven, Jesus Christ, historically 2,000 years ago, he says, if you've seen me, you've seen my Father who sent me. I am the representation of the invisible God. I think it says it there in Colossians 1.7. Let's go try that. Colossians 1.7. 117. I will find it. Let me find it for you. It's very important. Let's try 21. That's not it either. Let me find it for you. Very important when he says he is the image of the invisible God. with Verse 15. Thank you, my wife. He is the image of the invisible God. You've seen Jesus. You see everything that God is. You don't have to go elsewhere. You don't have to compliment or supplement. As you study Christ, you see everything in the heart of God, the mind of God, the work of God, the provisions of God. He is the image of the invisible God. So this Christ has become everything that God is. We can see the love of God in Christ. We can see how he speaks, how he thinks. Now watch this. The church is to be the representation of Christ. As they meet each one of us, the world will know who Jesus is by every one of us that participates, not going to church, but being the church. Very important. There are people that visit church, and there are people that are the church. Listen to me. The people that visit the church, they don't pay for the electric bill in this place. They don't pay for the seats in this place. They don't pay for the the provisions of the house of God. They visit and enjoy the table, but being the church, you are actively participating. In what? You are the church. And when people run into you, they run into the church. They run into Jesus. The representation. Now, Isaiah 60 verse 2 has a description. And it's a prophetic description saying that great darkness, darkness will cover the earth. And, and it doesn't leave it just a darkness that confuses and steals clarity. It's a deep darkness. It's, it's why is this man doing this? Why does a woman decide to live with a woman and not with a man and have a family? Why? Why are we living this darkness in our times? It says the whole earth will be covered with darkness, deep darkness The people. But the Lord will raise up. And His glory will be seen upon you. A light will shine. Only in one place. Say with me, the church. Only one place. Can you see what you saw here with a a young man who calls his friends, says come to church, and he calls his father and mother, and the light shines in darkness, and a whole family is, is enjoying the peace. And, and not only that they hear, not only did they come, they be integrated and become the church. They didn't just visit. They didn't just come and enjoy the benefits. They came and they're a part of the body of Christ. When you see them, you see Jesus, the head of the church. And so one of the saddest things there are upon the planet today, verse three says, the Gentiles, those who don't know God, Verse 3, the Gentiles shall come to your light, and the kings, those people that are out there confused, politicians and leaders, shall come to the brightness of your rising. I wonder if they come into this place like that radio station came in on Friday morning, and when they saw stuff here, they saw Pastor Oscar say, you see that I'm 54, Joaquin is younger than me, and he's my spiritual father. He is a man that I respect and that I honor that discipled me to become a servant of the Lord. And they, they saw the wife, they saw my wife, and it says, I'm not here competing with my husband. We're one doing the work of God. When they see these things, they ran in, not to a building in Doral, they ran into the church. They ran into a place where people began to show forth the character of Christ. And so the question for you this morning, we're here in the house of God. And all these, all these examples we've given is, is, am I visiting church or am I the church? And, and you'll be able to answer that question when you ask who is the head over your life. And if it's Jesus Christ, you are the church. If the head thinks and the body moves, you are the church. If the head thinks and the body doesn't move, you're not the body. You are, somebody was saying it, this uh, a prosthetic. You, you, you're attached to the body, but you're not part. The blood doesn't run into you. You move with the body. You act like you're part of the body. But when the barbecue is happening on Saturday, you're God knows where. You're not attached to what God is doing in the church. And the world will never see the church unless when the church moves, the body moves with it. You don't see limbs walking off on their own. No, the body represents the head, which is Christ. And when it moves... The people will run into it on Saturday. There's going to be fathers and sons. And guess what? You'll have something else to do to not represent your body. You'll have something else to do to not represent the head. And this is the problem with the church. The church never moves with Jesus. So the world is out there saying, where are these people that call themselves a church? They don't have the spirit of oneness. And and it's my concern because here we have illustrations in type in 2 Chronicles 9, verse 9. Going fast. Going fast. I hope you fasten your seatbelts. 2 Chronicles 9, when verse 1. It says, when the queen of Sheba came over, when the queen of Sheba heard the fame of Solomon, they heard there was a king in Jerusalem. They heard that he was appointed by God to lead his people. She came to Jerusalem to challenge. People are going to come here Says, hey, they say here that, that you guys heal cancer. Well, guess what? I have cancer. Well, in Jesus' name, be healed. Well, they say, I have a drug addict kid. What do I do? In Jesus' name, there's Caracol. There's Ephraim. There's a bunch of people that have come here and God healed them in Jesus' name. Why? Because they ran into the church. They didn't run into a rehab center. They didn't run into a therapy, a counseling. They ran into the church of Jesus Christ. He is the head of his body. And she ran to Jerusalem and she challenged him with hard questions. Hard questions. I want to know that out there in the world, there are people that have hard questions. And when they run into the kingdom of God, when they run into the church, and in Jesus' name they find hard answers to hard questions, it says... Having with great, I can't read that up there. Retinue. They they converse back and forth, saying um, she she had a great. Uh, Uh, she had, there's a bunch of camels, she has spices, she has gold in abundance, she has everything this world has to offer, precious stones, and when she came to Solomon, she spoke with him about all that was in her heart, that the people out there could be real in here. Out there, you could go out and people look good, they have all the makeup, they have all the dress, but their heart is weighed with serious questions about life, and they don't dare reveal their heart to the world. Because they'll be made fun of. They'll be rejected. But if they come to God and they reveal their heart, God touches and he heals the brokenhearted. He begins to address the realities of life. And that's what was going on here. Verse 2. As she came and she saw Solomon, he answered all her questions. There was nothing so difficult for Solomon that he could not explain to her. Listen, you know why? The Spirit of God is here. It's not Joaquin, it's not Pastor Molina, it's not that we we have sophisticated intellectual knowledge. Listen to me, we were saying this week that when men do not become men, that's an indictment to the intellectually elite. Why? Why? Because they think that with all that they've learned and all their schooling and all that they can get to, they can't find out how to make a marriage, a family. They can't walk in peace. They can't walk in joy. They have a lot of knowledge and no substance that satisfies the heart. So he, wasn't a, he was able, there was nothing so difficult for Solomon that he could not explain to her. Who is this a sign of? Say with me, the church. It's the church. the church, as, as people come here, I could just sit there and say, go talk to this person. Go talk to that person. Go talk to that person. You're going to find Jesus in his manifold grace, in his expressions. You lost a son, go talk to this family. You lost a daughter, go talk to this family. You have cancer, go talk to this family. And everyone will have an answer for the questions this world has, for the darkness, for the calamity, for the tragedy. How does the peace and joy of God fill all things? Through the church who represents Christ's work upon the earth. And so he could explain it to her, everything she ever wanted to know. Verse 3, it says here, we're reading the Bible by the, for those of you who don't know, 2 Chronicles 9.3, when the queen of Sheba had seen, say with me, see. Wisdom is seen. Wisdom is seen. How is it seen, pastor? By the way you talk, by the way you walk, by the way you dress. By the food you eat, if you leave this place and go sit down at a movie theater and start eating the garbage of Hollywood, we don't eat that stuff. We don't f- feed off the fodder of Satan. There's a lot of stuff that the devil is feeding the world to put fear in the hearts of men. Why? Because faith doesn't work where fear abides. Faith does not operate. If you're watching horror flicks, if you're watching Freddie. God knows Friday the 13th, the chainsaw massacre. You're watching all the dark, deep. Devil's stealing your faith. The devil is stripping you of trusting God. When the queen of Sheba saw, it's very important that you see the wisdom. How many could see a fool in his garments? Anybody? Here we go around wearing. You say, I am a Christian man. And then you put on a Batman t-shirt. Well, what is Batman's name in the comics books? Prince of Darkness. Who is the Prince of Darkness? Say with me, the devil. The world doesn't know that, but the church does. The church knows that we're not wanting our kids to have the badge of Satan, even though it shines bright in Gotham. City of gloom. Darkness. The church doesn't play listen to me on friday night here we have youth group i had six little world changers pastor go tell him that skylander is from the devil i'm like who is skylander he goes it's a little cartoons that our mom buys it's stuff that we play on nintendo and and playstation and tell him that's from the devil no it's not from the devil and so i took him into a room and i put a line down the middle of the chalkboard Kingdom of light, the king is Jesus. Kingdom of darkness, the king is Satan. Darkness covers the earth because many people are walking with the devil and not with the Lord. And when I was done, there was clarity. There was no more confusion or chaos. And one little boy says like this, yeah, pastor, and and could I say something? I said, Sammy, what do you want to say? Samuel Lopez. If you kiss in the mouth, you're going to hell. (laughs) I said, amen, Samuel. Very good, very good. (laughs) be light in the midst of darkness not foolishness and confusion and chaos throw the devil in the trash where he belongs be the church she was freaking out when the queen saw wisdom and the house that solomon had built was solid verse 4 listen what she saw the food on his table I want to go through your video games and through your videos, your, your 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 home videos, what you watch and your songs. Sometimes people lend me their cars. It's pastor, you could take my car and go to the corner. And I get in there, and I hear Frank Sinatra. I did it my way. I'm like, really? You're listening to Frank Sinatra? That is great. Or or they'll be listening. Staying alive, staying alive. Ha, ha, ha. You're dead. All those guys are dead. You don't have life. You're not living for the glory of God. Your, your grandchildren are not hearing about God. I love the kids that grow up in this church. They tell their parents, hey, dad, um, put, the, put the pastor's Bible study again. They're six, seven years old. They want to hear the word of God. Nicole and, and Sophia, uh, their mom would babysit them, and they're, they're in their room, and they're, they're, they're drawing car, cartoons or painting, there and they're saying, put Sunday's message on. They want to listen to the word of God. They want to know truth. Truth casts the devil out of your life. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. She saw the food that was on his table. Listen to me. I I understand that we could have physical food. You better be more concerned about your spiritual food. Be more concerned about the things that are coming into your ears. The seating of his servants. You know that there's a big difference between sitting in the first row in the church and sitting in the back row? With no offense with those people who got here late, you weren't supposed to. Supposed to be here early and get the first rows. Because where you sit depends what your attitude is for the word of God. And yeah, we might reserve the front row for the pastors and the musicians. Get the second row. Be out here at 6 o'clock in the morning. Don't let nobody steal your blessing. Tailgate this place two hours before. Come and bring your grill and start roasting some hot dogs and throwing the football. You do for the, for the dolphins. You do for the marlins. Let's do it for the house of God. All of Doral will be freaking out. We'll be out there. What are you doing? We're, what's it called? Tailgating, we're tailgating. What do you mean tailgating? The dolphin's going to play here? No, Jesus is showing up. Jesus is showing up. I want to be the first to get there early. People will sleep the night before to go get concerts to see Ozzy Osbourne and the rolling wheelchairs. Come on. Make Christ real in this church. Make Christ real. She was able to see the food on the tables. She was able to see. Um, the, let's go ahead and, and see this real quick. The seating of the servants. You guys are taking my verse off of there. I don't know why you do this. It says, that those that were serving, those that were seating. Listen to me. If you see somebody in this church serving you, you know there's a prince there. You know there's not a clown there. In this church, You're nine-year-old boys, you go sit down at lunch. In this place, and you'll see 9 and 10-year-old boys serving the tables. That's prophetic. They're going to serve the nations. They're going to serve the goodness of God to the ends of the earth. Why? Jesus says those that are amongst you that are servants are the greatest. So you see these guys standing for two hours? They're not trying to look pretty. They're serving their God in the house of God. And if you see somebody with a big rear end that all he does is sit down, you know he's not serving. Don't honor that guy. Don't give them your hand. You go greet the guys that are serving, and you, you, you bless them in Jesus' name. You allow them to know that you honor them getting here early and finding out what's happening in the house of God. Some people say, I didn't know there was going to be a barbecue challenge. Listen, open your ears and your heart and move with God. He's, we're not cooking ribs and steak. We're trying to get fathers and sons to see the church of Jesus Christ. There are wicked people in this city. They pay thousands upon thousands of dollars to jump on a ship and go do a fundraiser and raise a million dollars to be seen in a worldly magazine. How about the church? How about the church? We we don't even do just the basic stuff. So that's why the world doesn't honor us. So she saw... And what we're seeing the wisdom, food on table, seating of servants, service of waiters, and their apparel. Every time I see somebody wearing the fashions and the trends of ripped clothes, of tattoos, of wearing what this world says is cool, I see that they're not part of the church. They can't be a part of the church because they look like the world. Their outward appearance shows forth what's in their hearts. The insecurity, the fear, the wanting to be accepted, the feelings of rejection. So they go out and get tattoos and earrings, and now they feel good. Listen, with Jesus, you're supposed to feel good. When Christ washes our feet, we're free from all that worldly garbage. We don't have to go eat. The world has to offer. The cupbearers. Again, those that were refreshing, their apparel, their entryway. Listen to me. His entryway by which he went up to the house of the Lord, and there was, more, there was no more in her spirit. She was blown away. Listen to me. She fainted. She freaked out. She could not believe there were people that were genuine. I want to tell you here, Friday morning as we did the radio program, these people were fainting. They're they're Christians, they have a Christian radio station, but they've never seen the reality of people that are living their faith transparently, just genuinely. We're not doing this. It's not the hype. I was talking about how many churches, uh, every month they have the portable mobile broadcast at their church because they want to bring people like if it was some entertainment business. Listen to me. We've never done that. They asked to be with us. We were serving them. They were not serving us. We were serving them. You guys want to find a church in Doral that's serious? Come. And, and they're the one that called, and they're the ones that made the arrangement and reserved the date. I didn't call these people. They wanted to come. And so as they were here, they were able to see. Verse 5, it says, and she said to the king, I had heard about you guys in my own land when I was far. I want to say that if everybody here, and, and there's a lot of us here this morning, everybody here, those people that are around you, see that you're the genuine thing. If they all come here, where are we going to sit? We're not going to fit in this place. And that's on the way. That's coming. That's in the horizon. That's, that's about to take place. That people see your reality. They see your truth. They see your transparency. They're going to come. I heard the true report when I was in my own land. When I was in darkness, when I had crisis, when I had suffering, I heard about your words and your wisdom. It's not Joaquin's words. It's Jesus Christ's words and his wisdom. It's the spirit of God that's in this place. Verse 6. And she says, not even the half. However, I did not believe their words. It was too good to be true until I came and I saw, saw, saw with my own eyes. Indeed, not even the half of the greatness of wisdom was told to me. You exceed, you far. You guys heard that testimony this morning. If we begin to tell what has happened in this place, one of the experts came. We, we contracted an F- expert last year. We said, we want you to come, and we want you to teach us how to tell our story. And he had one question. Why aren't you guys telling it? He, he wasn't blown away by what's going in this place. He says that there's only one problem with this church, that those of you who have received the goodness and the wisdom of God in this place are not telling anybody. That's why you have brought nobody. That's why nobody is attracted to your life. You still walk like the world. You talk like the world. You eat where the world eats. Your appetites are not for God. Verse 7. Happy, happy. This is one of the things that represents joy in this place is that as we live the truth of God, joy fills our hearts. Happy are your men and those that serve in this place who stand continually before you and hear your wisdom. These guys were not, oh, man, we're going to go to church again. They're going to start talking about having to go to the men's meeting on Monday night. I know they are. I know they are. (laughs) Really? You poor, miserable soul. God wants to make you a champion and you want to continue being the tail and not the head. God wants to make you a champion in every respect. Happy, filled with joy are those that hear. Verse 8, not only are they happy, but the blessings of the Lord, your God, who has delighted you and setting you on this throne, giving us the throne of Jesus Christ. He says, if you overcome like I overcome, you will sit on my father's throne, on my throne, just as I have sit on my father's throne. Setting you on a throne, a place of authority, a place where we're able to tell darkness, flee, sickness, be healed, to be keen for the Lord, your God, because your God has loved his people, Israel, to establish them forever. Therefore, he made you keen over them to do righteousness and justice, to do those things that are powerful. What happened? She starts unloading. She starts giving him a bunch of her riches, but I want to tell you, we're not here asking the world to bring their riches here so we are stronger. Men of multimillionaires have come to this church and says, uh, Pastor Molina, God has put me here amongst you because I'm supposed to help you financially. I'm like, sir, you don't have with all your wealth what it takes to be bring joy and peace into your heart. Not even with 10% of what you have. What you have doesn't even come... You imagine if if money is what it took to take care of God's people, we don't have enough money. It's priceless. And there in verse 12, it says, King Solomon gave the queen of Sheba all she desired. Whatever she asked, he gave to her. He wasn't a taker. You'll notice that in this service, we're not going to pass the little bucket because if you can't get an envelope and put your offering and tithe in there, you can keep your money and your misery... We're not going to put the plate in front of you. We never do. We've been doing this for 17 years. You know how this house is blessed? By the church of Jesus Christ. By those who have a generous heart. Uh, it's a really powerful. One of the little boys came up to me. and says, Pastor. He's six years old, seven years old. He says, Pastor, I put your bottle of water right behind a pulpit for you during the sermon. He came into my office. He says, I, I put your bottle back there. I said, you know something? You're a generous man. And God refreshes the generous you will be refreshed just like you refreshed the pastor. That's a principle of God, that if you're a generous spirit, God opens the heavens. And it says, King Solomon gave to the queen all her desire, whatever she asked, and much more than she had brought to the king. And so she turned and went to her own country. She went back to her own servants. I know what she was going to do, and she's going to export the goodness of God in her land. Verse 22, so Solomon surpassed all the kings of the earth in his riches and wisdom. Verse 23, and all the kings of the earth sought the presence of Solomon to hear his wisdom, which God had put in his heart. Verse 24, each man brought his own provisions. Great treasures were brought year after year in mules and horses, spices, silver. We've never had a lack in the house of God. Now, the issue is, do we have the team? Do we have the team that is building See, in the world there's selfishness, so the church is building love. Where there's love, there's no selfishness. So as the world is heaping on selfishness, me, myself, and I, the church is walking in love. Who taught us that? Jesus did. We genuinely care about people. We, we're not sitting there seeking after something. We're sitting there to give them everything they desire. Why? Because our heart, ha- our heart has, been made, um, co- has been quieted. There is no more longings in our heart. Jesus Christ gives us all things according to his riches and glory. Philippians 4.19 says that he's able to open the windows of the heaven. Listen to me. When he's pouring out this immensity of his lavish supply. Philippians 4.19. My God. Say, my God. God. Shall supply supply. all your need. need. See the difference? Uh, Out there they say, my God supplies all my need. No. No. Our God supplies us to supply the needs of others. And when that's your heart, the Bible says, according to his riches and glory by Jesus Christ. Open heavens. I love reading Romans 8.32. What's it say? If he gave us Jesus Christ, if that was the gift of God, that goes, it says, he did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us. How shall he not with his son also freely give us all things. I mean, just open heavens, open heavens, a satisfied heart that's longing for God. So if we're not delivering these goods, we got to, let's stand this morning. Uh, I'll continue next week. No, not next week. Next week is Jack Keen. But I'll continue on Wednesday night. And I want to tell you something that if you're the, if you're the church of Jesus Christ, you're not, you're not letting the church serve you you are an integral part of what the church is doing and you're serving the community. I expect after this service for men to sign up to become part of the Doral barbecue challenge. Because every time the church does something upon the earth, you need to be a part of it. You need to be present. You need to be, have your team there. Not say I'm busy and I've scheduled something else. I'll guarantee something. There'll be a thousand schedules for you. But you better show up for God's honor so that the world can see a father and a son. So that the world can see the glory of God upon the earth. So that the world can see men. All the men are like, I can't believe. I I sat out here at the cafeteria at Sergio's one week this week, one day this week. I think it was on a Wednesday or Tuesday morning. And every man that came up to ask for a cafe cubano, I said, excuse me, sir, what are you going to do about this? And I was showing Bruce Jenner in the Vanity Fair article what are you going to do about this? He goes, No, me this is the end of the world. I go, yeah, it's the end of the world because of men like you. Oh and the waiters are like, you're picking a fight. Yeah, I'm picking a big fight. And the fight is that men stand up and come on Monday night and come on Saturday morning and come when the men of God are called to fight the battles of the Lord. Because we always move when anybody else calls. How are we not going to move with the church of Jesus Christ? How are we not gonna be filled with the Spirit of God? Not one of those men I talked to, there was like five of them. They own big businesses around this area. One man says, oh, don't talk to me, I'm a Juban. Juban, a Jewish Cuban, okay, Juban. He says, I don't wanna hear your message. I said, sir, let me tell you one little thing. I'm not gonna tell you anything else, but I'm gonna tell you one thing. I promise you that your tongue is gonna to confess and your knees are gonna to bow to say Jesus Christ is Lord. Amen. I promise you that. You know what he said? He goes, give me your card. Give me your card. I want you to come and and get to know my business. See, because we're not playing religion. We're not contending. We're not competing. We're not criticizing. We are the church. We know who the head is. We're walking as part of his body. Three of the things that the body does, it shows up, it serves, and it honors God with his pie. It honors him with his pie. Why? Because it's his pie. And they don't have an issue with that because they know that the whole pie comes from him. So giving God his portion is just natural. When the Lord asked me for my law practice about 10 years ago, the Lord says, okay, time up with your law practice. I had been a lawyer for 10 years. And he goes, okay, time up. And I'm like, "Now's when it's good. And he says, no, time up. And I said, Lord, you taught me how to read and to write and to be a good lawyer. You're the one that gave it to me. You can have it back. Because when I met Jesus Christ, I was a disaster. I did not know how to have the disciplines of education and to become a lawyer. But what God gives, you should always honor God with. Let's raise our hands to the heavens. If you're here for the first time, you're in a good place. We're dead serious with what's going on here. And you could ask God to make you, and I didn't get into it because I guess... We didn't have time, but I I wanted to get into this part, that you are an integral part of the body of Christ. And when you're not serving and you're not coming into your calling, then the church has the deficiencies of a person that has been called to light but continues in darkness. Father, look at your church this morning. Those of us who have been purchased by the blood of Jesus. Those of us who have been filled with your spirit so we're no longer orphans. Those of us that are part of the family of God, walking in wisdom, serving you, Lord. And telling this world of darkness that light has come. And the kings and the Gentiles will run to the brightness of our glory. There's people out there that are waiting for us to shine, to come and participate in this place. We pray, Father God, that the authenticity of your spirit, the genuineness of your presence, your grace that so amazingly manifests your reality, that they might see us in this world and come to the head of the church, Jesus Christ, that they might be part of the body of Christ, that their children might have inheritance and legacy and identity as part of the people of God like Solomon, That they can tell what we eat, they can tell what tables we sit down, they can tell where we serve, they can tell what we serve, that they might see your wisdom in everything, oh God. And we give you thanks for your church that prevails over darkness and the gates of hell are not victorious over your church. Make us an integral part of your body, moving and manifesting your grace for this lost world. In Jesus' name we pray, and the house of God says amen, amen, and amen.